You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This isn't going to be your typical Bears-Lions matchup that you can just pencil in an easy W on the schedule. We'll get the scoop today from our friends at Locked On Alliance. But this is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm an analyst for Pro Football Focus, and I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter, at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter, at Locked On Bears. You can like Locked On Bears on Facebook. Join the Locked On Bears Facebook group for even more Bears talk. Make sure that you subscribe to the Locked On Bears YouTube channel to keep up with all of our video podcasts as well. Thanks to everyone who makes us your first listen each and every day, five days a week, wherever you get your podcasts free and available on all platforms. But today, we are crossing over with Matt Deary from Locked Online. We're going to get the scoop on how Detroit almost beat Baltimore last week. They're 0-3, but they came pretty close to beating one of the real contenders in the AFC. So we'll kind of get the scoop on that, what's been working well for them, how their defense is starting to show some improvement, and where maybe there's still some work in progress there offensively. In is Jared Goff. Is that working the way they wanted it to, the way they thought it would? Certainly different than Matthew Stafford and how the Lions may focus a little more on their running game in this one and and why Matt Deary thinks for the first time maybe ever that we've done these crossover Thursdays for the last few years, he's ready to predict a Lions victory over the Bears. I think that's the first one of any of these crossovers that we've done with Matt where he's felt this way about his Lions and maybe more so felt this way about the Chicago Bears. But we'll get the scoop from both sides on this Crossover Thursday podcast. Lots of fun back and forth to get through here, so let's jump right in. Welcome into this Crossover Thursday, Locked on Bears, Locked on Lions. I'm Lauren Cox from Locked on Bears, alongside Matt Deary from Locked on Lions. Getting ready for a big divisional matchup. Matt Nagy for the Bears keeps calling it big divisional game this weekend. They're much more focused on that than the quarterback question, than the play calling question, than the job security questions, all that. No, no, no. We're focused on game planning for the Detroit Lions in Chicago. So that's what we're going to do here on the podcast today and kind of get into some things. All of a sudden, it feels like an important matchup between a 1-2 and two and an 0-3 and team. But, Matt, I'm curious, with, with your Lions, they, they came so close last week to beating the Baltimore Ravens, kind of, I don't want to say out of nowhere, but it was kind of a big surprise that they were all lined up yeah. until the very end there. Uh, what what happened? I mean, we all know how it ended, but how did things go so well? How did the Lions get so close to beating what's considered one of the contenders in the AFC? Yeah, that's a good question, Lauren. I, I think it's a bit of a surprise, to be honest, that uh, the Lions were right there. And, and the Ravens, a, a eight-and-a-half, nine-point favorite, needed a 66-yard miracle field goal to beat the Lions. But as you know, and we've talked many times, that's Lions football. That's classic Lions. Only the Lions can give up two of the three longest field goals in the history of the game, the first one being with a half-footed kicker uh, in natural conditions in New Orleans in 1970, outdoors. And then after a fourth and 19 at their own 18, the Ravens somehow – get that somehow the referees miss a delay of game which would have made it a 71 yard field goal and then tucker doinks it off the uh crossbar and through i mean lauren if that's not classic lions and same old lions i don't know what is but what a disappointment because they actually played a very good football game most of the second half last sunday the defense has stepped up last year remember they were the worst defense in the league now they're middle of the pack so there's been improvements there 
And who would have thunk that they would have kept Lamar Jackson pretty much in check last week? But, of course, it didn't uh, end up being the right score at the end, and they're 0-3. Yeah, where have you seen the, the Lions' improvements the most defensively? I think the scheme is better. I really like what Aaron Glenn did last week against Jackson. Look, over the last few years, Matt Patricia's defense never changed. The scheme was the scheme. Bend but don't break. Uh, this is how we're going to do it. We're going to play big guys, so big, big D tackles, big D ends, big linebackers. You know, they had these oversized linebackers like Christian Jones, the former Bear, or Jelani Tavai. Those guys sucked, okay? Let's <laughs> be honest. Uh, size, whatever. The Lions seem to be putting their players in the right position. Um, sands the 4th and 19 play where they screwed up. But, you know, Lamar Jackson didn't go crazy last week. Now. Hollywood Brown dropped a couple touchdowns. The Lions got a few breaks, but for the most part, they kept him in front uh, of them and and made some plays. And so I just think the scheme of what Aaron Glenn has done has has, has shown up. Uh, the pass rush still isn't good enough, although it was good last week. But through three games, it still could be better. And um, I think their linebacker play now is going to be more solidified now that uh, Jamie Collins is gone. I'm glad you mentioned the pass rush because I think that's where a lot of Bears fans are are concerned more so about their own offensive line than necessarily the opponent each week. But you know, you know, they've got Aquara and and Trey Flowers. I think has been hurt. But how have you sort of seen? Where's your confidence level in that pass rush? I mean, we haven't really seen it in sacks necessarily. But are they are they at least still getting some kind of pressure off the edge? First two weeks, no. Last week, I was stunned at how well they did in in bothering Lamar Jackson. It was uh, it was refreshing. This isn't Blitzburg. This isn't uh, Don <laughs> Wink Martindale from the Ravens send the house type blitzes, but I think we're seeing, at least we saw this past week, that there were some young guys that, that played pretty well. Uh, you mentioned Romeo Okwara, Julian Okwara, his brother, Charles Harris. Uh, there were some guys that got to, to Lamar Jackson, so it was, it was stunning. Um, this week, you know, if, if Fields plays, I, I watched that game last week against the Browns. Justin Fields, while he didn't get a lot of help, and I know that that the city of Chicago is ready to, 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 to light up Matt Nagy, but Fields holds the ball a long time. Fields sometimes ran himself into some of those sacks. So I'm assuming mm-hmm. the Lions are going to try to go similar with what they did last week with Jackson because of the way Fields can move and uh, kind of contain him a little bit. I wouldn't say the pass rush is, is the early 80s Jets with Mark Gastineau in the sack exchange, but it looks like from a schematic standpoint, there have been some improvements. And we'll see if Flowers comes back. He didn't play last week, but he hasn't exactly been great either. Let me flip it over to the other side with, with Goff. I know in the in the preseason when we did our NFC North division preview, you had talked about the, the Lions wide receivers might be the worst position group in, in football or <laughs> in any sport at the time. How I, much, I, I did say that. You have a good memory. Yeah. How, how, much, how much has that held the offense back in terms of trying to get Goff going? I mean, the tight ends have been effective. It seems like running game and, and passing to the running back has been something there. But how, how, have that, how has that wide receiver dynamic played out? You know what? It's actually, I don't know. I don't want to say it's been better than I thought, but last week uh, I thought Khalif Raymond had a really good game, really good game. So there's that, uh, but he's more of a slot guy. There's not going to be an outside big target like Calvin Johnson, like Marvin Jones uh, was the last few years, like Kenny Galladay has been. Uh, those guys are all gone. Uh, but what Jared Goff has done well is he's, like you said, found the tight end in TJ Hawkinson, who was bottled up last week. Ravens did a great job on him. But DeAndre Swift out of the backfield, Jamal Williams out of the backfield. Those guys are good pass catching running backs. Swift 
And from what Dan Campbell has said this week, DeAndre Swift's going to be touching the ball a lot, whether it's out of the shotgun and a handoff or or out of the backfield. The receiving core is still not good. Uh, Hawkinson will not just have two catches this week. No way. They'll try to find a way to give him the ball more. He's been very good up until week three. But Swift, Jamal Williams, and Hawkinson, those are going to be still be the guys that Goff's going to be looking for. It's a lot of checkdowns when it comes to this offense. There's not going to be a lot of deep throws, that's for sure. Hey, Bears fans, listen up. There's a great new app that I think you need to know about. It applies to pretty much everybody, anybody that fills their car with gasoline. It's called Get Upside, and you can get up to 25 cents per gallon cash back every time you fill up. It's super simple. It's super easy, and especially with gas prices as high as they are right now. Why wouldn't you turn? Why wouldn't you take free money at the pump coming right back into your pocket? There's no catch. You just download the Get Upside app. Don't forget to enter our promo code Touchdown to get a bonus twenty five cents to get up to fifty cents per gallon. But then the cash back is deposited right into your Get Upside account, and you can connect it to your bank account and have it go direct deposit that way. You can cash out through PayPal. They'll also do like e gift cards for Amazon or other companies, and then boom. Money's all yours. All you got to do, download the free GetUpside app on the App Store or Google Play and enter in our promo code TOUCHDOWN and you'll get a bonus 25 cents to get you up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. It's download GetUpside and the promo code TOUCHDOWN. seems like from what we can tell now, Taylor Decker is still going to be on injured reserve for that offensive line. So it's still going to be, what is it, Sewell and the, the right tackle, Matt Nelson. Is, is that is that sort of the still the weakness up front of that Lions offensive line? I mean, I know Ragnall at center has been phenomenal, but where, where do you sort of figure, how do you sort of evaluate the, the guards versus the tackles there? Um, Panay Sewell, you know, it's funny. Panay Sewell is a 20-year-old rookie playing left tackle where he played right tackle all training camp and preseason. They had to move him over when Decker got hurt. That is his natural position. And I think he's done pretty well. Pro football focus will disagree. They don't they haven't graded him out all that well. Um, but I think he's held his own so far. Obviously, this weekend, having to face Mac and, and others won't be an easy test or easy task. But Matt Nelson really struggled the first two weeks. This past Sunday, you never heard his name. So that's a good sign. And, and PFF graded him out very well. When this team runs the football to the left side behind Sewell, Rag now at center and Jonah Jackson at left guard. I think that's when they're where they're at their best. Vitae at right guard's been okay. He's a much better guard than tackle. Nelson's shaky at right tackle in the past game. Played well last week, but again, the Ravens' entire D line was hurt or had COVID. So, you know, I, I still think the O line's okay. And but this running game, uh, Lauren has been much improved from what we've seen over gosh, how many years since Barry Sanders retired. Yeah, so is that if you when you look at this matchup, I mean, I know the Bears are are technically just a couple of point favorites at BetOnline.ag. I think we have the idea that of how a defense can slow down Justin Fields in the Bears' offense based on what we saw last week against the Browns. But for this Lions' offense to get going against this this Bears' defense, for you, is it is it the running game, or do you think they need to get a little bit more vertical in the passing game than we've seen as of late? You know, I, I've watched the Bears. Um, certainly watched them against Stafford in Week One. I, I watched last week's game. Um, the Bears, to me, look very unathletic defensively. I'm surprised at how slow they look. Eddie Jackson, I'm a huge Eddie Jackson fan, but through three games, I don't, I don't know what's going on there. Uh, so I think getting the ball to Swift out in space, uh, wide side right, uh, runs, 
uh, you know, quick passes, stuff out of the backfield, getting him, you know, I hate to use this term speed and space, but that's what I do if I'm the Lions. I think they can they can take advantage of that. And and Lauren, I'll be completely honest. Um, I'm ready to do this. I'm I'm picking the Detroit Lions to win this weekend. Wow. I I honestly I've heard a lot of Bears fans saying similar things after how things went so poorly last <laughs> week. But... <laughs> Where do we begin? Where do we begin, Lauren? With Chicago, what a train wreck, and what's going on there? Uh, let's see: Dan Orlovsky, Ed Obradovich, Dave Kaplan from ESPN 1000. I mean, the list goes on and on of media types, openly just saying Matt Nagy should be fired right here, right now, after what took place against Cleveland on Sunday. What, what do you think of that? It's definitely a culmination of of seasons of frustration, right? I mean. In a vacuum, one really, really, really bad game against one team in week three of a season when you're still one and two and, you know, a lot of, lot of season left and you're not out of the playoffs by any means or anything. It, in a vacuum, that can be maybe seem a little bit reactionary, but this was, this was sort of like the first real, like, all right, Matt, we've got you a quarterback here with some real talents. Now prove that you're not the problem and that it was all Mitch's fault or it was all Nick Foles' fault or, you know, it was all... You know, the different quarterbacks that they had gone through in this system. And, well, the results kind of spoke for themselves. They very clearly did not put Justin Fields in a strong position to be successful, did not have a game plan suited to his skill sets. They were trying to force Justin Fields into this, you know, quick passing Matt Nagy offense that just isn't, doesn't really fit Justin Fields' skill set from what we saw at Ohio State. And so, you know, it, it's maybe it's a little bit a little bit strong of a reaction again to one game, but it's like after four seasons of this, you're still figuring out how to adapt your system to players. You're no longer a young head coach who's just figuring this out. Like you're supposed to have this down and he doesn't. And so I, I, I get where it's coming from. And I think there's a, a tough stretch of games here on the Bears schedule that are really going to turn up that heat if things don't turn around quickly. So, I mean, <laughs> you've heard, I'm sure you've heard every conspiracy theory. I know your, your Twitter inbox i'm sure is going nuts because there are folks that say matt Nagy wanted fields to fail last sunday against the browns so that's why he had limited protection schemes uh five man you know, schemes no no tight ends chipping on garrett no running backs helping on uh, on clowny whatever it is i mean are these wild conspiracy theories or is there something to this yeah i don't think there's a a, a plot to make the rookie quarterback struggle or a plot to prove that Andy Dalton is the better starter. I, I think, I don't, I don't think it, because Matt Nagy always tries to say it's not ego, and maybe ego is not exactly the right word, but it's sort of like a, I think it's more of a smartest man in the room kind of thing, where Nagy thinks that the way he schemes it up there is what's going to be easiest for, I guess, then any quarterback to come in. That It's like, yes, it, it, in theory, it should be easy to just do the sort of a, the quick, the quick curl, flat, check down, and string together shorter plays like that. But it doesn't it doesn't work when, A, it's a rookie quarterback in general, but, B, it's a rookie quarterback who tends to hold on to the ball a little bit long and isn't as adept at those, like, quick sort of timing-type throws. A quarterback who's better extending plays and using his legs and has a really strong arm and can make some dynamic plays downfield and, and build more confidence off of that. But then also a rookie quarterback that's been practicing with the backups all summer and all of this season leading up to this week was his first time really working with the starters in full capacity. So, of course, he's not going to have pristine, accurate timing on some of those throws. And then you add on top of it the offensive line struggling and maybe Nagy not properly 
evaluating where his offensive line was in this game or not properly preparing for Garrett or Clowney. I mean, it's, it, it's, there's a lot of different factors that kind of swirl around it, but I, I, I just think it's Nagy thinking he knows best and, and really instead not knowing his players well enough, which is, again, where you get some of the, the firing after four seasons. How do you, are you still at a point where some of your guys you're not knowing very well? Today's Crossover Thursday episode brought to you by our friends at rockauto.com. They're a family business that have been serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years. They got everything you could possibly need for your vehicle, from the difficult stuff like fuel pump assemblies and engine control modules to the easy stuff, you know, tail lamps, motor oil, new carpet, you name it, they've got it at rockauto.com. Their catalog is so deep, but it's really easy to navigate. You just enter in your car's make and model and boom, you can pull up all the different parts available for your vehicle and sort between the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Those prices are particularly important because a lot of the chain parts stores will have a different price tier if you're a professional mechanic or a do-it-yourselfer like us. But rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody. So don't spend up to twice as much for the same parts somewhere else. Head on over to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck. When you check out, fill out their box that says, how did you hear about us? And write the words locked on so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. We mentioned it earlier, the spread in this game at BetOnline.ag opened at three points for the Bears at home. As I check on the updated numbers now, it has shifted to just Bears minus two and a half. So clearly the numbers moving a little bit more toward, toward Detroit here. And if you like those numbers, BetOnline.ag is the place to get your bets in. It's the number one place we trust and the number one place we recommend. They've got all the updated odds, props, contests, money lines, spreads, over, under, you name it, they've got it. I think money line this one is just down to Bears minus 143, the over-under set at 42. So I think Bet Online expecting a lower-scoring game, but, you know, if Justin Fields can get going a little bit, maybe if Goff can get the ball out in space a little bit more, maybe we could see some points holding this one. Either way, however you see it, Bet Online is the place to place your bets. When you do sign up, make sure you enter in that promo code NFL100 to get a 100% welcome bonus matching your first deposit dollar for dollar at betonline.ag. Your online sportsbook experts. What what's working on offense? Who's look good? Is is there is there a shining? Uh, is there a bright spot here in this one and two start at all? Prior to last week, David Montgomery was running the ball really well, and he still wasn't. He wasn't bad against the Browns. They just didn't give it to him all that much, and that was another one of the criticisms. Like, hello, rookie quarterback. Why don't you run the ball a bit more? And they. I mean, there were some other factors. They only had like nine plays in the first half. They had some penalties and sack, of course, and, and things that were going wrong on the offensive line. But Montgomery's have was off to the best start of his career in terms of at least the like the energy behind his runs, the missed tackles he was forcing. He really looked a lot more like that Iowa State graphic that always pops up where it says, you know, feet of Saquon <laughs> Barkley and patience yeah. of Le'Veon Bell. Like not that he was he was reaching those levels just yet, but getting closer to that kind of guy that I think the Bears really thought they were getting in the third round. So he's been working well. Darnell Mooney, the second year wide receiver, is continues to keep getting open and, and he was one of Justin Fields' favorite targets early on. Even though Robinson's numbers have not been as great this season, it's been it's been Mooney who's stepped up and, and continued to look strong there. So there's there's parts of it, but offensive line and quarterback, obviously kind of the big things that are holding everyone else back. Lauren Cox, Locked on Bears. Matt Derry, Locked on Lions. Thursday crossover. What about the defense? 
Lauren, where is it right now in your mind? The pass rush really came alive against Cleveland in a way that was surprising. You know, we we know this Bears defense has talent. They've invested a lot of money in their front seven. I mean, Mack and Hicks and Quinn and Roquan Smith behind them. But the Browns' offensive line is widely considered and then definitely plays at a high level and one of the best offensive lines in football. They've got what known as one of the best offensive line coaches. And somehow Robert Quinn was turning it on in a way we haven't seen yet in his Bears career. Khalil Mack getting back into it a little bit. Akeem Hicks left with an injury and Eddie Goldman's still been out, so they haven't had as much of the interior guys there up to be full strength. But I'm I'm encouraged by where this Bears pass rush is growing at this stage in the season with everyone healthy because there are some real concerns on the back end in the secondary. Eddie Jackson is it looks like a shell of himself. I mean, just missing missing ta- I mean, he's always missed tackles, but missing really big key tackles and just weirdly yeah, out of place yeah. sometimes, taking weird angles from the safety position to allow touchdowns when he really shouldn't and, and never really did in the past. And then their cornerbacks not named Jalen Johnson have been questionable at best. They've rotated a couple guys in the slot. Jalen Johnson's been phenomenal. I mean, everything the Bears wanted him to be and more. It's really been the second-year guys that have played well on both sides of the ball so far, but uh, some weaknesses in the secondary, uh, a lot better uh, in the pass rushes where so far this defense seems to be trending. All right, so I said it before. I I think the Lions are going to win. I think the Bears are in disarray. You got the stadium issue as a distraction this week. Uh, are they moving? I don't like the the vibes coming out of Hallis Hall. And I, I the Lions, while they're 0-3, are not very good. I mean, they're going to win four games, five games this year. They're not good. But they have a good culture. They've been in every game. I think somehow the Lions win this football game. They beat them last year there. And that, was, and that team stunk too. So what do you think? You know, it's, it's hard because as we're recording this, we still don't know who's going to start at quarterback for the Bears. It sounds like Dalton is still has his knee injury. Fields is dealing with a hand issue that was a negative on the x-rays, and he said he's fine, but Matt Nagy says they're going to be cautious with him. So it's possible Nick Foles could start at quarterback this week just purely for health concerns about not wanting Fields to re-injure that hand or make that hand worse if it needs just a little bit of extra time. And so then... I don't know if Nick Foles starting over Fields makes you feel better or worse about how this offense is going to play, to be honest with you. And that's the problem. So I, I certainly don't have a lot of confidence in the Bears heading into this one. It, it's hard for me to see an 0-3 Lions team and say, yeah, definitely Chicago's going to lose. But, yeah. you know, I, I'm, I'm really, I really am torn on this one. I, I find myself leaning Bears just slightly, but I think it's going to be it's going to be one of those like hard-fought, ugly, low-scoring, you know, 16 to 17, 17 to 20 type final scores that just neither team is going to look like they really fully belong in the NFL and somebody's going to have to win and it's going to be a turnover at some point or maybe a a last-second field goal by one of the teams driving down and I think I owe it to my podcast listeners to say I think the Bears are going to win, but I'm not I'm not feeling <laughs> super confident in it. Yeah, I I rarely pick the Lions ever. Uh, at least over the last few years, man. I mean, when I first started the show, 16, 17, you know, Caldwell, I was like, hey, I like this team and I like, but, you know, I have some very weird feeling about this Sunday. I, I do. I think that, uh, I think Detroit goes in there. I think Swift has a big day and, uh, you know, the Bears quarterback situation's a mess. So I think the Lions, uh, I think the Lions have a good chance. I do. I, I can, see I can see it either way for sure. I mean, Bears have been oh, missing yeah. tackles. They they obviously gave up big running against the Cleveland Browns with their good running backs. And if you can kind of stick with that, it, it all it takes is you know one big mistake by someone in this Bears secondary that we've seen pretty consistently at least once a week. There's an opportunity there for a busted coverage or something. And Hawkinson over the middle. I mean, 
it's, it's only going to be, you know, that one big touchdown can be the difference in a game like this. All right, Lauren, we'll see. Thanks so much. Lauren Cox, Locked On Bears. Matt Derry, Locked On Lions. This is the Thursday crossover right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks again to Matt Deary from Locked On Lions for joining us on the podcast today. If you enjoyed our conversation, make sure you subscribe to keep up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Again, we're free and available on all platforms, so appreciate everyone who makes us your first listen every single day, wherever you listen to the podcast, or those of you that watch on the YouTube channel, appreciate if you could click that subscribe button so you're keeping up with all of our video podcasts, because tomorrow's podcast will put together a game plan to make sure the Bears can beat the Lions, and what we specifically need to see Matt Nagy do differently this time to support Justin Fields, and what this Bears defense can do to try and maybe force Jared Goff to have to carry that Lions team, not something he's necessarily done super well throughout his career and coming up we're also going to do a, a crossover podcast here very soon with big dave from locked on bulls he's been itching to vent about his bears and we'll got to make him a more regular part of this podcast as we keep going here as well i mean he's the best over at locked on bulls and we'll get him on here talking some bears as well so a lot more goodies coming your way appreciate everyone who's tuned in everyone who's following along even as this season has gotten rough it's been a difficult stretch here but there's still hope with Justin Fields in the game. There's still hope with a long-term future with this team. And all along the way, we'll be breaking it down for you, hopefully making it a little bit easier to bear down.